950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show, special holiday edition. And if I'm thinking of the Christmas holidays, nothing screams more than that than Ghost Box Radio. Greg Bopkin is the incredible host of that show. You can hear it here on AM 950. Uh, four o'clock's on Sunday. The replay is on Saturday at 8 p.m. Greg is kind enough today to talk about one of the interesting quirks of the holidays and a special new stocking stuffer for us all uh, as well. Greg, thank you very much. I appreciate the time. Matt's a pleasure to be on as always. Greg, it is it is one of the things which is truly remarkable. When we talk about ghosts, we talk about spirits, and we talk about the unknown. The definitely the most popular holiday story of all time and probably one of the top 10 stories ever written is a ghost story, a good old fashioned ghost story, Christmas Carol. Now, it's a, it's a story about redemption, but I, I think that at times, you know, as we talk about this and we, we get into horror movies and stuff like this, I think this is one of the things that kind of gets lost is that. In the middle of this holiday show, and once again, whether it's kind of tied to a more, or more of a biblical thought process, I'm not sure exactly what Dickens was going with with this whole thing when he wrote it, but it is a, it is a pure ghost story and, and holiday spirits, whether you want to call those ghosts or not. But Marley, clearly, he was a ghost. He, he certainly was. And, and, you know, going back to 1843, when the book was originally published, it was actually published on December 19th. Uh, 1843. It literally was 178 years ago today at the time of recording this that this book was published, which is pretty crazy, isn't it? Uh, And the idea with that originally for Charles Dickens was this wasn't his first foray into doing uh, into doing Christmas stories, but this was obviously the one that that really where he nailed it. Where he was concerned, though, was he was concerned about the traditions of Christmas going away. He was concerned about things that had been around, like even like Christmas carolers over the last hundred years. That had been in, in, in London, in, in the United Kingdom, that had been deteriorating quite a bit. And he was worried about that. And that was the purpose of writing the book. And on the other side of it, you had Queen Victoria and you had Prince Albert. And they were introducing things that no one had done in Christmas before, such as Christmas cards or Christmas trees. So he was taking all this in, and he made it fashionable to it. And at that point, as you alluded to, Matt, the thing about the the Christmas carol was simply um, ghosts were a big part of of Christmas. I think there was a lot of uh, retrospection back you know when when you thought about christmas you're at the end of the year you're looking back you're 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 feeding into energy to have a better year and that's kind of what like marley really was marley was a forebearer to you know to scrooge this is what's going to happen to you tonight this decision is yours and i think that's really what it kind of became you know when you bring it up for like that one of the things i find interesting especially when you get into america the Gilded Age, 1880s, 1890s, 1900s, there was a lot of people that made a lot of money that then spent a good portion of their latter years trying to get people to forget how exactly they made their money. And yeah. and, and, and there was this benevolence. And it was almost, when you talk about this, and I'm not sure if you're aware of this or anything, but was it a precursor? I mean, or was... Dickens really a well ahead of his time that people need to stop and evaluate what their lives are really going to be about 
and kind of was the template for what we eventually saw with like Carnegie's funding all the libraries in the country and stuff like that. Was he kind of the template for the beginning of all that? I think I think he certainly was. I mean, I mean, kind of taking it at a different stance. And I'll get back to your original question there in a second. But I mean, what we celebrate is basically a Victorian Christmas, and that's where it all started. Was Charles Dickens? So the idea of you know whether or not he was the one that kind of showed everybody we need to be you know the people who have money. They need to be. Uh, they need to be benevolent. They need to be kind. They need to be this. Or is it the fact that these people who made their money, they've looked back on Christmas Carol as not necessarily being like, oh, goodness, I, you know, I don't want three ghosts to come and visit me, but more of like, <laughs> what is history going to remember me as? And uh, there might be some of that. I mean, I mean I'm, a, I'm a cynic, Matt. So if someone says, you know, a lot of these people have money, they always want to give back because they're good. I know there are some that do that. But, you know, there's always, in my mind, always those other motives. And I kind of wonder if, you know, this, especially in the 18th and early uh, 20th century, played into that a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about the ghosts themselves. I mean, it's interesting the way we look at ghosts today, and I think that it's been highly influenced by uh, by horror and I mean horror writers that came in after Dickens, mind you, as well, as well as also the theater and movies and stuff like that. I mean, Marley is more of a guidepost. I mean, it's it you know he's there to scare yeah. you a little bit, but it's more of a here I'm back from the dead to help you. Was was that a common mentality? I mean, I know I mean I've been, traveled to England and to Ireland, and you go out and there are these areas and these they you know the kind of the history of ghosts is as, as much of the history as anything else. Was that kind of more the mentality towards ghosts back then that there was that there was something there that there was they were trying to help you or they were trying to guide you in some capacity? I think I think the the, the message of Marley was the scare, uh, and and I think Marley is a very tragic example of it because Marley is exactly what you think of in a Victorian ghost, a ghost of that period. He literally has the chains, right? He's, he, is, he is trapped. And as much as he's actually helping Scrooge, he's actually literally helping Scrooge, there doesn't seem to be anything that, that, that tells us that he was forgiven for what he had done and that he has been released from those chains. And I think that there yeah, is something about that. Right? Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't end too. It doesn't end well for Marley at the end of it. He's still he's still having a hard time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's nothing that says Marley got away with anything, or that he was he had redemption. It was only Scrooge that got the redemption. And I do think it's interesting, kind of to your point earlier, Matt, that you're just like, you know, <laughs> Scrooge has one good day, and everyone seems to be like, oh, hooray, you've you've done it. And I do feel like that that does kind of feel, especially in our social media realms now, that you know, a a you know, a, an attempt at an apology seems to be well that they want, and then we're back to we're back to normal or something. You know, who it'd be interesting if uh, if uh, Charles Dickens ever went back to Scrooge and was like, okay, this is. Uh, this is uh, uh, what Scrooge has done since. I mean, obviously, the, the hope is that Scrooge never returned to his, his former self, but it's a shame that he had to be frightened, literally near death. I mean, because the ghost of, of uh, a future, that's death. Yeah. And he had to be scared. He had to be scared to be transformed. And that's and it's like, is that really a great is that really a great uh, lesson? Because it's like, yeah, you were a better person. That's only because you were frightened for your own 
uh, future and not really the future of, like, anyone else. I mean, that's what I got out of it. But like I said, Matt, I'm a kind of a cynical kind of guy. Well, the, the, the musical version, I mean, and when you talk about this and all the different interpretations, because this is, it is, it's such an iconic holiday story now that it's been mm-hmm. translated a thousand different ways. I always liked the musical version um, that uh, they put on, uh, um, on, on the big screen eventually. And one of the things about that one is at the end, it's not just falling down the grave. It's not just, you know, internal damnation. They actually take you to hell with him yes. with Scrooge and show you the chains that are coming and stuff and it's this this very dark dark ending and it's easy to see how when shown something of that nature as opposed to just oh my life is bad tiny tim is dead uh oh here i go a better change that i think I, I think when you don't candy coat it and you do show yet yeah, no this is what you're headed for good luck with all that you know it i think that that's why the the change the 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 renaissance of Scrooge at the end is 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 rewarding Yes, and and I mean, in a way, isn't that what uh, 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 that uh, we have a sort of uh, of a uh, like? That's what Christmas is all about. Christmas is mm-hmm. about fear in some ways, you know, like you know, Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa Claus. If you're not good, you're going to yes. uh, you're going to there's going to be repercussion to it. Well, and then if we can also bring up, okay, Marley's the ghost, the ghost of Christmas past, Christmas present, and Christmas future. They're kind of more portrayed, I always have taken them as more of these kind of ethereal spirits, very religious, very kind of biblical, let's just show you the world as we're at it right now sort of thing, and what's coming your way. And and I think that that concept as well, just the accountability of it all, which once again ties into, you can put as many cookies out there as you like, you're on that naughty list, Santa ain't coming. But, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, it, it, there, it, it's... It, I, this is, I think that's one of the great things about Dickens is that, and why this, this is such a great piece of literature. And, you know, it goes up there. And there's a lot, by the way, there's a lot of the greatest pieces of literature that have ghosts in it. Hamlet, of course, you know, and, and, yep. and, and many of them. It was, it, was a common, um, it was a common character, really, within the story. But I think that's what makes Dickens here is that he kind of did look at it in a kind of layered mentality of it's not just the ghost, it's not just this, it's but you need to face judgment like you're at the pearly gates with St. Peter. Yeah, and it's a, it's a great story about how yeah. one person's actions is a ripple effect to so many people and that he didn't even know or care. It's up to, you know, it's probably care, really. Uh, and maybe and maybe there is something about it. You know, how many times do we not really notice something and someone points it out and we're like, Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, um, really it, it's a, it is an interesting thing, and it's it's it is stuff that is still applicable to today. Uh, Greg Bakken has joined us. Ghost Box Radio, of course, you can hear it here on the weekends. He deals with uh, ghosts, supernatural things, the unknown, and of course, talking in, in that's. What, I, I've wanted to actually have you on to talk about that because I've always been fascinated by Dickens and how sometimes stories resonate on this. Um, the, the I do want to bring up something else, though, and this is a modern thing. Well, at least I think it's to a point modern. Krampus. All right, so yep. all of a sudden it was a few years ago. Uh, there was a movie about it, but I think I think that there was some sort of, you know, you know, one of the cable networks had a special on how other countries celebrate the holidays, and there is, you know, here is this guy, Krampus, who is, okay, first of all, who exactly, do you know exactly who Krampus is? 
I, I think it might have been my dad for a while, to be honest, because he, he would get crabby <laughs> if I did something wrong. Uh, Krampus actually goes all the way back to the 6th or even 7th century. And really? uh, so a lot of, uh, of that Krampus mythology actually is centered around uh, Alpine traditions. It's over, you know, so it's like Switzerland, Germany, France, and those areas, parts of those areas where the, the idea of Krampus really came from. And, and really what you had was not necessarily Christmas, but, you know, December 6th, which is St. Nicholas Day, the idea was St. Nicholas would visit children, and instead of having, you know, what we understand now, Santa Claus has a naughty and nice list, St. Nicholas, who was kind of dressed more like a bishop, uh, he would be at, uh, he would come to kids' houses, and behind him would be this sort of, like, not, a kind of horned figure with hoofs and, uh, just a sort of devilish sort of creature that would be like, you know, if, if, if the kid was good, St. Nicholas would give out like oranges and, and maybe some sweets and stuff. But if, uh, if, uh, if you weren't good, Krampus would step forward and he would have a, like a birch switch basically and, and kind of, kind of beat your behind with it basically. Why? <laughs> so physical violence. It was, you know, here's your orange or physical violence. Well, and considering the American diet today, I, I don't know. Most people might take the switch. But I, I think that the, I, I guess the, the, the so, so this was, but this was kind of a fringe thing. It wasn't European wide. I mean, there are some weird quirks to holidays, but it's not like this was something that was just outside of that Alpine region, the the Alps area, the France, Switzerland, Germany. It, it wasn't like it was outside of that area, correct? It wasn't, but I, I mean, I think it, it probably grew over time, even if it's not a whole lot, you know, as as uh, as uh, civilizations migrate and whatnot. But uh, you know, I mean, there was things like uh, what they would call like the the Krampus Run, which was basically uh, a procession of people dressed as Krampus scaring children and whatnot. And sometimes, and this is even getting into the, 20, uh, the 20th century, sometimes those would get out of control. And um, it, was, it was like people would get hurt, either trying to run from it or trying to, you know, <laughs> do whatever. And it's just, it's just, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. And I think what happens is like, Hollywood and other places, they're looking through history in general, and what they're looking for is new stories, you know, quote, new, uh, and uh, try to find stuff that could scare people, adapt people, and without Krampus being, with Krampus being more fringed, I think what happens is that you have people who are actually um, uh, coming up with, oh, we can make this mainstream, or we can even make it almost feel like that we made it up ourselves, and they're making movies out of it, and now it's becoming more, as you said, Matt, more and more in like in uh, modern uh, either literature or media in general. My dad, I will never forget as a kid in the 70s when Silent Night, the original Silent Night came out, uh, which was a slasher film that took place at Christmas. My dad was not a culture protester at all. I mean, my dad lived for fishing and hunting, wanted to be on a lake all the time. He was livid that they put that movie out. But as we have gotten into our more modern society, 
the you know the, there is this counterculture that always is trying to find kind of the other side of it. And I'm not sure what's the name of the film this year with Santa's Santa's basically you know John McClane from Nakatomi Plaza beating the living daylights yeah. out of, of burglars this year. You know. Yep. You you do have this kind of idea that the, the there's got to be this kind of negative, and because there is a customer base that does like that sort of thing, that there it seems to be a character that seems to be resonating more and more over the holidays. And I don't know if it's just these TikTokers, YouTubers, and Instagram people that are all you know Halloween three sixty five, but it definitely as far as a cultural thing. Even though it's it's you know the legitimacy of it and it's been gone a long time, it's becoming probably far more relevant and well known today than it ever has been. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I mean the the problem with that too is that these people who do social media or any sort of media, we're looking at a, a point of like what's new, what can we do that's different and new because it never ends. It's it's churning. That machine is churning all the time. So it's like well. If, you know, oh, we found out about this Krampus. We're going to we're going to pull that forward. We found out about this or other things, and so they keep doing it. And you know, the thing about, in my mind, about Christmas in America, and I don't know if this was prior to the the Second World War or whatever else, but you know, especially after you get out of the Second World War, it's all about. Um, it's all about positivity. We can do it. We are, we're very, you know, we're very much one nation. And I think that that reflects in our, our way of looking at, uh, Christmas. You know, it's always very positive. You know, a big jolly man comes and gives gifts. It's, it's very, uh, it's very generous and there's just a lot of uh, positivity with it. Whereas the UK has always been one of like, even when it's not, it's when it's not like, uh, uh, when it when it's not like Charles Dickens, they're still running stuff that they created that was written by M. R. James, who was another pro- prolific ghost story writer, and put that out at Christmas. That's never left there, and that's a relatively new, in my opinion, thought over in the U.S. Apart from Charles Dickens. Well, Nigel, things aren't working out for you this holiday season. Back to the workhouse. You know that's it is <laughs> that is very British. That's as British as it gets. I will say too, it's Very interesting because so. you look at the history of Christmas. History of Christmas in the United States. I mean, you go back to the Puritans. You go back to these early groups, and they were very much um, in that realm of they didn't celebrate it at all. It was a very solemn holiday. And when I've gone to like Alexander Ramsey's house and stuff like that, the historic sites, it clearly seems it was much more of a in America at least a wealthier holiday. And as you said, I think your point on the, the, the after World War II when the lifestyle of America became affordable for most people, particularly yeah. white people, I should say like that. Uh, it, came, it became that iconic 1950s we look back upon. The, the reality is that that's when it really kind of said, see, it's, it's the best things of life we all got. It's not just for the gilded mansions of the 1880s. And it, so it's interesting to see now that that has been there for 70 years, 70 plus years, that now you are developing a full counterculture stream to it with Krampus and, and other, you know, you know, you know, slasher films and stuff like that. Yeah, because because it feels like, and this is, it sounds like I'm just being crabby about it, but it just feels like that, you know, what the idea of people just being happy at Christmas sometimes isn't enough for some people, so they want to find ways to, you know, diversify it, I guess. But, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of us who's just, this is a good time of year just to be happy, you know, so I, I avoid a lot well, of that stuff myself. Is it a natural evolution of Christmas music the day after Halloween? 
that the fact that it's two months that Thanksgiving gets plowed under nowadays. Do you think it's a natural evolution of that? It, you know, like a counter sort of uh, a counter yeah. strike against that. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's a really good point of just being like, why are we seeing Christmas trees in September? Uh, you know, and it's just, it's, <laughs> yes. I think there's a lot to that. Uh, Greg, uh, as a guy who has a broken back, I hope you do have a Merry Christmas. I hope things are going well. I'm I'm putting I'm trying to put a bright sunshiny smile on things. I hope you can too. I appreciate this. This has been a great conversation because it's kind of one of those things where you don't really think about it. The more you think about it, the more I want to talk about it. Uh, Greg, of course, Ghost Box Radio, four to five p.m. on Sundays. The replay it comes up here at eight p.m. on Saturdays from the week before. Uh, we look forward to your shows coming up here in 2023, sir. Thank you so much for having me on, and Merry Christmas to you too. Merry Christmas. Greg Bakken joining us. Let's take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show on AM 950.